Well, praise the Lord. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. We give God for his presence in this place. We thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. Uh, hopefully everybody can hear me. Um, so um, we're grateful for God and his goodness towards us. And as you can see, I am in the sanctuary. I was asking the Lord, if possible, I want to preach from in the sanctuary. And by his grace, God has worked it out. I want to first of all thank the media team for all of their hard work uh, during this transition as we're trying to continue to uh, move forward as a church. I also want to praise God for the operations team. Uh, if you can give a shout out to the operations team and the media team and the chat, uh, the operations team that's also uh, keeping our church a safe environment. We're here, Lady Common and I, got the air purifiers going on around the sanctuary. And it is just good to know that we have competent people who are continually uh, working to try to keep us uh, safe. And also, again, want to thank uh, our brother Troy Van Boris for MCing. If you can give him a shout out, we're just so grateful to you, uh, Brother Troy, for all that you've done. Uh, one thing that Brother Troy had said uh, with regards to when we were going to restart, and as I was waiting before the Lord and praying, uh, it just happened this morning, um, but as I was waiting and praying before the Lord, I really felt the Lord saying that we should go uh, one more week being virtual. So we will be virtual once again on Thanksgiving morning. Looking forward to that. We have our annual Thanksgiving morning service and also we'll be virtual again next Sunday uh, because one of the things that I felt the Lord saying is that we wanna make sure that um, we got all of our ducks in row, make sure that everybody who had uh, the coronavirus uh, is fully recovered and we want to start out strong and have communion together so that, um, so that we can really end the year strong as well as start January strong. So we will gather back together in this place of worship. So we'll start on First Friday because we want to give First Friday to the Lord and that will be at seven o'clock. That's December 3rd. And then December 5th, we will gather here for the first Sunday communion. And so we're looking forward to that. Now, the other thing I want to do is we have a question for our Sunday school children. And so if you are 17 years old and under, here is the Sunday school question. And uh, whoever's the first to answer, I guess, will receive a gift card. I believe it's to Targets. So here's the question. The question is, uh, during my sermon, I, 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 um, I defined knowledge by using these three or four words, depending on um, how you took down the notes. But here's a question. How do I define the word knowledge? And then secondly, which is, you know, this is a part B of the question. And that is, uh, this is, this is multiple choice. So knowledge is A, information. Knowledge is B, revelation. Knowledge is C, application. Or is knowledge D, transformation? 
Again, first part of it is what is the definition of knowledge that I've used? It's the three or four, uh, four words to describe it. And secondly, is knowledge information, revelation, uh, my goodness, <laughs> information, revelation, I think I said application and transformation. Which one is that? Praise the name of the Lord. So let's get to, and if you have that answer, please email the address below. So let's get to the word right now. I'm really excited about this uh, word that the Lord has given me, and hopefully it will be a timely word for our, our church and this season. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 to 12, and I'm reading from the NIV version. For this reason, and this is Paul speaking, he's wrote this letter to the church of, at Colossae, well, Carlos, but depending on how you pronounce it. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives, verse 10, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Verse 12, and giving joyful thanks. We talked about that last week. To the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. Let's bow our heads. Father, I pray right now. I pray according to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. Uh, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Let the eyes of the understanding of our heart be enlightened so that we would know what is the hope of your calling. And again, I borrow the prayer that the Apostle Paul prayed for the Colossians that we just read. I pray, Father, I pray, Father, that number one, you would fill us with the knowledge of your will. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would give us wisdom and understanding that comes from the Holy Spirit. Father God, help us to live a life that's worthy of you. Lord, help us to please you in every way. Father God, help us to bear fruit and and produce results in every good that is in every God work, such as our job, our homes, our school, and our relationship. And then, Lord, we ask you to help us to keep growing, help us to keep growing, help us to keep growing in the knowledge of your will and in the knowledge of you personally. And then finally, as we shared last week, help us, Lord, to regularly give you thanks and appreciation that is full of joy. In Jesus' name, we ask it. Amen. Can everybody say amen? Praise the name of the Lord. So. Um, as you see on the image, I uh, want to remind you that knowledge is information, understanding is revelation, wisdom is application, and if you do all three, it should produce transformation. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says that, our, that we are to be uh, we are to present ourselves a living sacrifice, only set upon to God, which is our reasonable act of worship 
or service, King James Version. And then verse two says, be not conformed to the thinking of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind and thinking. Why? So that we can prove God has put us on this planet and saved us that we will prove that God's will is good, A, acceptable, and P, perfect. In other words, God's will fills every GAP, every gap in our life. His will is good, acceptable, and perfect. And then the other thing about this transformation, and that, that is Romans chapter 8, verse 26 to 29, but 29 tells us that the Holy Spirit's responsibility, the reason why he is, has been sent is that his job is to conform us into the image of Jesus. The Holy Spirit's job is to transform us so that we act and behave like Jesus. We are God's representatives. We are God's representatives. In other words, Everywhere we go, we are to represent to the world who Jesus is. Can you say amen? Now, we said that the word knowledge, again, is to, to know knowledge, know the ledger, know the ledger, know the book of accounts. The book of accounts, as we see here, is the Bible the scriptures, the word of God. We must know this book. That is knowledge because the Bible says in uh, Proverbs chapter one, verse seven, the, the fear of the Lord, respect for God is the beginning of knowledge, but, but, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Hosea chapter four, verse six says, God says, my people, again, I destroy for lack of knowledge. They are destroyed for lack of knowing what's in this book of ledger, the ledger, a book of accounts. He says, and because you have rejected knowledge, when we reject his word, he says, I also have rejected you. So we want to make sure that we know the word because that is information. Again, I want to remind you, information means to form on the inside. It's not getting a bunch of uh, data for your mind. Information is actually, the goal of information is to form you on the inside. What do you mean? The Bible says, James chapter one, verse 21 says, receive with meekness, humility, the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. In other words, when we read the word of God, it should graft itself. This is a bad word right here. It should graft itself onto your heart so that it changes your heart. Are you hearing me? That's why David said in Psalm 119 verse 11, thy word have I hid in my heart. We, we need to establish in our lives the discipline of memorizing scripture. Now let's keep going. So we have knowledge for information. Then we have understanding. And again, understanding means to realize the significance of. In other words, when you understand something, you realize its significance. The word significance comes from two Latin words, signal, which means mark, and facio, which means to 
make. So if I understand the significance, the thing, the thing I want to think of is whatever I do, what kind of mark is this thing going to leave on my life? What mark is this thing going to leave on my life? So in other words, if I decide to go into a store and steal something, I may get caught. So the understanding is what kind of mark will an arrest record leave on my life? So if I understand that, I won't do that. <laughs> but this is the thing that this is the one that really struck me. The word understanding not only means to realize the, the uh, significance of, but also is to realize the implication of, the implication of. And what struck me is that word implication means to envelop. And so I, I said, the Lord gave me a revelation that on every envelope, there's an address. This is our tithing envelope as shared earlier by Brother Troy. And it says Pentecostal Tabernacle, 77 Columbia Street, Cambridge, Massachusetts. So we know that this envelope, Lord have mercy, is going to a destination called 77 Columbia Street, an address in Cambridge. My, my point is, is that Whenever I am involved in something, if I have true understanding of who I'm hanging out with or what I am doing, the thing I need to ask myself, do I realize, Lord have mercy, where is this thing going to envelope me? In other words, where is this thing that I'm doing or these people who I'm hanging out with, where will they take me? Where will they take me? And some of you are hanging out with people and doing things and, and, and there's a blank address on it, meaning that you don't know where it's going to take you. What, Lord have mercy, what will skipping class, where will that take me? What will hanging out with the wrong people or marrying somebody who's not a believer, where will that take me? And so if you have understanding, if you realize Wow, hanging out with those people or wow, making this decision is going to take me someplace where I don't want to go. Guess what? Just change the address. <laughs> change the address. Well, where can I get the address? Again, in the word of God. Praise the name of the Lord. Tell somebody that was a bad word to help you. Tell them right now in the chat. That was a bad word to help you. Now, ah. I, what has struck me is that next week begins the, uh, the season of Advent in the liturgical calendar. And Advent, Advent is next Sunday, it's Advent Sunday, and we celebrate and prepare for the coming of the Christ, which we call Christ Mass. Christ and the word Mass, like many of you are familiar with Catholicism, a Catholic religion, they have a mass and that word mass simply means celebration. So Christ mass is the celebration of Christ. And the book of Isaiah, when he's prophesying the birth of Christ almost 700 years before Christ was born, he says in Isaiah chapter 11, verse two, that Christ is gonna have the spirit of wisdom 
and knowledge and understanding. And what struck me is that God wants to make sure that we have the spirit of knowledge, that we have the spirit of understanding, and that we have the, have, we have the spirit of wisdom just like Jesus Christ. And that's why I prayed in the, in the beginning that God would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation, which is understanding and the knowledge of him. But I want to talk to you today about something very important that the Lord has really been dealing with me on. And that is, I want to talk to you about wisdom. I want to close this series talking to you about wisdom. Now, the ledger, again, I'll, bring this, I'll keep bringing this book back up to you until it is seared in your heart. The, the ledger says this, that the book of Proverbs, 31 chapters, that book is written for one specific purpose, and that is to know wisdom. Proverbs chapter one, verse two, the writer says, and most of them were written by Solomon, the most wisest man in ever, who ever walked the planet of earth. He says, these Proverbs, the purpose of these Proverbs is that you would know, you would be acquainted, you would have an intimate relationship with wisdom and instruction and to perceive words of understanding. And so what struck me here is I said, well, if Proverbs is about wisdom and knowledge and understanding, how many times are these words used? And I discovered that the word knowledge is used 40 times, 42 times in the book of Proverbs. The word understanding is, word, is used 52 times in the book of Proverbs. And the word wisdom is used 55 times in the book of Proverbs. Now, let me talk about the definition of wisdom. Wisdom is made up of two words, wise and the suffix D-O-M, wisdom. So there is like wisdom, there is kingdom. And so what is wisdom? Well, let's deal with the word wise. The word wise means having the power or the ability of discerning and properly deciding what is true or what is right. Let me say that again. Wisdom, first wise, having the power or the ability to discern and properly decide what is true or what is right. We really need to know the truth. Truth is the most important thing, one of the most important things to God. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, as he was about to uh, go to the cross, preparing to go to the cross, he, he, he talks to his disciples and, he, and then he prays to God in John 17, 17, he says, God, sanctify them by your truth. Again, I'll keep putting it up. Your word is the truth. Jesus Christ says in John chapter 14, verse six, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father, but through me. John chapter eight, verse 31 and 32, Jesus says, if you continue in my word, I'll keep holding it up to get this in your brain, in your memory. If you continue in my word, then are you my 
disciples indeed, as in in action. You're not you're you're not you're not philosophers. You're not uh, uh, just giving theories. You will be my disciples indeed, because you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So, truth. Whenever you think of the word truth, truth means reality. Truth means what's genuine. And so when we talk about wisdom and having the power, again, the ability to discern and to properly decide what is true, thank you, Holy Spirit, and what is right, what is right, as opposed to what is wrong, what is right. And again, uh, uh, David wrote in Psalm 33, verse 4, he said, the word of the Lord is right. And all God's works are done in truth, done in reality. Now, let me give you an example. Oh, let, me, let me give you the definition of the word D-O-M, the, the suffix. The suffix D-O-M means jurisdiction. It means province. It means condition. It means quality. And it means state. But I want to use the word state. So, for example, Kingdom is the state or the jurisdiction of a king. Okay. But we're talking, we're not talking about kingdom, we're talking about wisdom or wisdom. So when we put it all together, we're saying that wisdom is to be in a state or to live in a state that gives one the ability to properly decide or discern what is true as opposed to what is a lie or what is a fact. See, once you, once you understand what is true, and what is a fact, or what is true and what is a lie, the assumption is that once you understand that and have the ability to decide, that you will do it. So if I know that, for example, uh, breaking, oh, we'll go back to uh, my confession. If I know that driving 70 in a school district that says you're only supposed to drive 20 miles an hour and I'm driving 70, now I have the ability to discern what could really happen. Well, I could, I could kill somebody. At worst, at best, I could be arrested. So the point is, if I know these things, then I will apply the correct decision. Because you can't have wisdom and then not apply what you know, because that is a fool. So what am I saying? I want to give you a perfect illustration. So of, of, of the ability to, watch this, the ability to discern or decide 
what is true, what is a lie, and what is a fact. The Bible says that we are the salt of the earth. And so right now, I am holding a salt shaker. This salt shaker will say that because Jesus always talks about salt and always talks about how salt should have an effect on whatever it touches, and Jesus wants us to have an effect on our environment. So this is salt. This is the truth. This is the kingdom of light. Now we have pepper, which is, well, which is dark. So we'll call this the kingdom of darkness. Are you with me so far? Now, this, the, the kingdom of God always deals with truth. The kingdom of darkness, that's why the word occult literally means hidden, darkness. The kingdom of darkness is the enemy. It is built on lies and deceptions. So if we understand, if we have wisdom, we have the ability to know what is truth and what is a lie. Okay? And just like if you go to a restaurant, hey, this is salt and this is pepper. This should really be the easy part. Truth, lie. The more difficult one, Lord have mercy, is not truth and a lie, watch this, but truth and a fact. Woo, that was a bad word right there. What do you mean? They both look the same. But this is salt, and this is sugar. <laughs> and if you're like me, every once in a while, you may have put salt where you thought you put sugar, and sugar where you thought you put salt. You, you, you really can't tell the difference unless you're able to discern. Ooh, Lord have mercy. And usually we discern by taste. What's my point? It is difficult to, to discern the difference between what is truth and what is fact. Now you may say, well, I thought they were the same. Oh, no, they're not the same. Fact is how things are right now. Fact is, I am in debt. Fact is, uh, my, 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 uh, my education and, and all the paperwork is jammed up. Fact is, I don't have my green card and I can't work. Fact is, my marriage is struggling. Fact is, my children is struggling. Fact is, right now, our children are full of anxiety and struggling in school, our young people uh, are discouraged. There's such an anxiety. Those are the facts. The facts, the facts are reality, but they're only reality as they exist right now. And if you constantly live by the facts, you'll remain in bondage. Because uh, Lord have mercy. Because the facts 
deal with observation. The facts deal with explanation, but truth deals with revelation. Fact is how things are right now. Truth is how it's going to end up. Thank you, Jesus. It is the truth that makes me free. So even though my facts are saying my finances are jacked up, my facts are saying that my body is sick, my facts are saying right now, oh my goodness, this church is empty. Well, we close up because of the virus uh, and, and, and it's PT a super spreader. And, and you can get bound up by the facts, but I have determined in my mind to live by the truth. The truth will make, oh Lord have mercy. Fact is he was crucified. Truth is he lives at the right hand of God. Can somebody praise him in the chat right now? Thank you, Jesus. So this is a challenge. About facts, there is a way that seems right to a man. This is Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. But the end of the way is death. When we, when we went to buy our house after I went into full-time ministry, and I was trying to manipulate the facts to make sure that we could qualify for the house. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to manipulate things on time. And so when I and Lady Carmen, Vanessa and Jessica, uh, when I left my job at Cambridge Hospital, my income went down and the facts said, you will never be able to afford the house that God told you you were supposed to have. And the Lord told us what city we were supposed to live in. And I looked at so many houses and I said, God, fact is we can't afford it. Fact is we can't afford it. But God said, I gave my word. The truth is I told you where to look for a house. At one time we, and I'm talking about me, turn somebody, well, Type to somebody, he's talking about himself now. My faith so wavered that I started looking in another city that at least had the same, that at least began with the same alphabet, <laughs> the same letter. But God's like, no, 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 no. What, what are you doing out here? I said, this is what I can afford. But God said, no, no, no. That's the facts. The truth I told you is that you would live in the city where you live, where we live in now. And look what God did. When we, when we negotiated, the person said, you know what? We like you so much that we're just gonna drop the price. And they dropped the price to the range that the Lord said he would do for us. That's why you gotta know the truth. And many of you be, I don't know why, I don't know why I'm pausing here, but some of you have been, have been bombarded with facts throughout the year 2021. And I believe that the Lord is saying that in December, we are going to be on the aggressive and we're gonna start living and quoting and standing on the word of God because that is the truth. The Bible says the devil is a liar, John 8 verse 44. And if he can't get you with a lie, Lord have, if he can't get you with a lie, cause you're like, he, he's like, they're too smart for that. He will certainly get you with the facts. That's a bad word right there. 
And right now, the devil has many of us bound by the facts. We, we read facts. We study facts. We are informed by facts. But I've chosen to be informed by the revelation of the word of God. And you may think I'm crazy, but I want to be happy. I want to be joyful. And, and the Bible says in, in, uh, in, in Romans chapter 14, verse 17, because this dome that we live in, D-O-M, it is, it is the kingdom of God. It is this, this dome, this space that we're talking about is the Holy Spirit. So Romans chapter uh, 14, verse 17 says, the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, uh -huh, facts, meat or drink, but the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, not happiness, joy. Now, I, I, want, to, I want to end with this. It is imperative that we live by wisdom. I believe in this season, wisdom is the most important thing we have to have in our lives. What struck me, and this is for our young people, because I really believe that this is the season where the Lord told me to go on a war path for our children and our young people. And when I mean by young people, you know, those who are in college and, you know, you know graduate school, you know, somebody in their 20s. And if you feel like you're a young person and you're 30s, praise the Lord. But here's the point. I'm going on a warfare for our children, especially. I'm going on the warfare. The Bible says that Solomon, when he became king after this, this superhero, this icon called David, his father. And even right now, as we are, we, we who live in New England, we, we, we have been, whether you like them or not, for 20 years, we, we have celebrated and appreciated uh, Tom Brady and his excellence and how he wins championships. But now we have this uh, rookie uh, uh, who is now uh, the, the quarterback of the Patriots and everybody's trying to compare him, trying to compare uh, Mac to Tom. And, and, and the point is, is that you have this, this, this young man, Solomon, he's about 30 years old. He's a millennial <laughs> and he's replacing David as king. And God says to him, after he offers this amazing offering to the Lord, like I think it's like a thousand uh, uh, sheep or bulls. I can't remember it, but he, it's, it's an amazing offering. God speaks to him at night and you can read it in first Kings chapter three. And God says to him, I'll give you whatever you want. Ask me what you want. Here is a blank slate. I am the God of the universe. I create nothing. I create everything out of nothing. I am the God, Romans chapter four, who calls those things that don't exist as if they already exist. And so Solomon, Shalom, I'm going to give you a once in a lifetime offer. What do you want? And Solomon without hesitation says, give me wisdom. Folks, 
That's very important. And the Lord said to me, Brian, what are you asking for? A great ministry? Souls to get saved? People to get healed? Those are all, folks, those are worthy requests. Those are worthy goals. But the Lord said to me, Brian, how often are you asking me for wisdom? Because the Bible says, when the Lord heard Solomon's request for wisdom, the scripture says, the Lord was pleased that Solomon asked for wisdom. So where's this going? I believe that, the, that we need to stop praying for our children that God would give them wisdom. That God would give them the ability to discern the difference between the truth and a lie and the truth and the fact. The devil is lying to some of our children saying that, yeah, when you graduate in 20, uh, 2022, you're not going to get a job. You're not even get to college and you know, blah, 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 on and on and on. And, and, and he is lying and he is, and he is creating fear and anxiety. And I'm not, and, 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 and I'm not saying that they're not any, uh, uh, what I would call uh, uh, medical uh, situations where, where people uh, are, are terribly uh, tormented and, and terribly suffering from discouragement and depression and anxiety. Now, I, I am not discrediting that. What I am saying is that I really believe that this is a season that God is saying to his people, not, not only children, but parents, that, that you need to ask me for wisdom on how to help your children. Because sometimes, and you may say, well, I've been asking for wisdom. No, I think some of us are asking God to do what we want him to do. There's a difference. So for example, I can say, God, heal my child. What I'm telling, I'm telling God to do what I want him to do. Nothing wrong with that. But I think God is saying, take a step back and ask me for wisdom. Why? Because if I get wisdom, Lord Henry, if I get wisdom, then I know what to ask him. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of wisdom. So I'm closing with this. Starting, starting in the month of December, December, the month of December, I am going on the war path with regard to this church and our children and children. First of all, I want to encourage you, Lady Carmen and I, we ran out of bottles of oil and she's been uh, speaking to me and said, no, Brian, we need to buy some more bottles of oil. And so we're gonna buy about another 300 bottles of oil and we're gonna pray over it and anoint it. And then uh, when we get back in here, you know, we're gonna, we're going to uh, you know, encourage you to take another bottle of oil because I, I want your children to end the year strong and start the year strong. It, it's not how you begin 2021, it's how you end. And I wanna see us end strong. Number two, 
You know that Tuesday is our day of prayer and fasting in this church. Uh, but I want to add another day as we were in prayer a few times with the uh, my prayer group is the midnight prayer group. And the Lord really spoke to our hearts about adding a day of prayer and fasting just for our children. Just for our children. And for me, it's for our children, meaning the schools that are in Cambridge. They are my children. And so on Thursday, we're going to start in December, obviously not this Thursday, because you all ain't trying to fast on Thanksgiving. <laughs> but starting the first Thursday in December, I'm going to ask you to at least give up one meal and begin praying for children, especially the children in our church. Pray especially for uh, Sister Yolanda uh, Ramsey, who leads our children, family, youth, and children's ministry. Pray for uh, Sister Jessica Green, who leads the Fan of the Flames, which is our, you know, which is our uh, young adults ministry, college and young adults ministry. Pray for them, because I'm telling you, we, we are not going to allow the devil to steal our children. Elder Roy spoke a wonderful, powerful word uh, during the prayer of the elders where we were burdened and we prayed for our children. He spoke about uh, uh, when David and his encampment got attacked uh, at Ziglag and, 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 the, and the enemy stole their wives and the enemy stole their children and the men were grieving. And then the Lord said to David, but the Bible says, David, first of all, he encouraged himself in the Lord. And the Bible says, God said, go, go to Ziglag and get back what the devil stole from you. And the good thing about that, oh my, I could run around this church. The good thing about that is, is that I believe the, the reason why the Lord allowed the, the enemy to take David's children is because God wanted to give him more because the Bible says, if you read the story, once they conquered Ziglag, not only did they get their children and family back, but they also took all of the values, valuable stuff of the enemy. I believe that God is saying, you know what? I know the enemy has attacked your children, but you're going to get your children back. You're going to get their peace back. You're going to get their joy back. You're going to get their faith back. You're going to get their faith back. You're going to get their faith back. But not only that, you're going to get some stuff from the devil that's going to finance the next move of God for your children's life. If you believe that, why don't you just lift your hands where you are and bless the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And so we're going on spiritual warfare. And so I'm going to encourage you when you get this oil uh, and, and children, some of you, you know, some of you as children, you're old enough to anoint yourself. Okay, come on now. You eight, nine and 10, anoint yourself. You're not some two, even a three-year-old can anoint themselves. Okay, anoint yourself with oil, anoint your mind, anoint your mind. Why? Because the Bible says in, in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14, I'm finished now, that the blood of Jesus will set your mind free from dead works so that you can serve God and get 
and become all that God has created you to be. So just anoint your head or oil. And you say, uh, you know, I don't feel like that. Why does it take all that? Don't be like Naaman. Don't be like Naaman. Who's Naaman? Read 2 Kings chapter 5. When all, to get his healing, all God asked him to do was dip in the Jordan seven times. But, but, but Naaman was waiting for some complicated formula. And some of you, 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 you've done everything you could. And God is saying, all I want you to do every day, anoint your mind. Anoint your mind. And, 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 and when you anoint your mind, mm, when you anoint your mind, say these words. Uh, and and you, however you say it, in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14, the blood of Jesus sets my mind free from dead work so I can serve God. And two, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, claim over your mind, I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. And watch and see what the Lord will do. Test it. One month, December, keep, keep anointing you. He said, what does anoint mean? Let me show you how. Put the oil and put it on your head and, 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 claim, and claim the blood of Jesus, the blood that Jesus set on a shut shed on the cross of Calvary, will set my mind free so that I can serve God. I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. I don't care if you say it once or three times, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we're about to do some things. I am going on an all-out warfare on the enemy for our children. So Tuesdays, we fast for our church. Thursdays, we fast for our children. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your grace. Lord Jesus, I pray that starting today, we would pray, God, give me wisdom. Father, give my children wisdom. Father, give the young adults wisdom. Lord, we all need wisdom. There'll never be a time in our lives when we don't need wisdom. And you said in the book of James, chapter one, verse five to seven, you said, if we lack wisdom, we can ask you, we can ask you and you will give, you will give it to us liberally and you will not, you won't make fun of us. You won't chastise us. In fact, again, in first Kings chapter three, the Bible says in verse 10 that you were pleased that Solomon asked for wisdom. As every head is bowed, every eyes closed. If you Never ask Jesus Christ to come into your life. I want to give you the opportunity to do so. If you want to receive Jesus Christ, who is wisdom personified? I'm going to ask you to ask him to come into your life. You can say, how do I do that? Glad you asked. <laughs> Just repeat this prayer after me. Bow your heads. Close your eyes. Why? Because it's really an act of submission, an act of humility, an act of saying, God, I need you. And repeat after me, dear Lord, I come to you right now. And I admit, Lord, that I'm a sinner. And all that means is Jesus does not live in my heart. But Jesus, I know that you die for my sin. You rose again from the grave so that I could become a child of God. So Jesus, because you are alive and because you are the truth, I am asking you 
Come into my heart. Save me from my sin. Save me from the deception, the lies, and the facts of the devil. And make me a child of God. Jesus, I thank you for hearing my prayer. And right now I know I'm God's child. If you made that prayer for the very first time or you're coming back to the Lord, please let us know. You you can email the address below the screen or you can simply email mail at ptspice.org, mail at ptspice.org so that we can send you material and, and help you to mature and grow in your walk with God and your walk with wisdom. God bless you. Again, I want to remind you that that we will be doing service virtually for Thanksgiving. That again, that's we always have a Thanksgiving service morning, a morning service on Thanksgiving, giving God thanks. And that will be at 7 a.m. So we encourage you to, to join us online. And then we'll be online again next Sunday at 10 a.m. And then first Sunday in um, December, which is of course our um, communion Sunday. We invite you to be with us. I have a special message to give you to us on the first Sunday, December, because again, I am going on the war path on behalf of our children. Well, God bless you. And let me close. We close not with a closing prayer. We close with a closing blessing. So if you put out your hands like this, because you're receiving the blessings of the Lord, James chapter one, verse 17 says, every good gift and perfect gift comes from the father above. And so I want to bless you with a prayer and a blessing that is found in the book of Numbers chapter six, verse 24 to 26. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May he look after you, shield you, defend you and take care of you. May the Lord make his face to shine, grin, beam and show his pleasure on you. May the Lord be gracious kind-hearted, pleasant, and compassionate to you. May the Lord show you his favor. Oh yes, show you his favor. His favor will promote you. That is move you forward. His favor will appreciate you, not depreciate you. His favor will support you and side with you as you side with him. Finally, may the Lord give you his shalom, his peace, his rest, his Sabbath, his composure, his calmness, his harmony, his prosperity, and his success. And may the Lord this week remove anything that causes agitation or discord with his divine purpose and destiny for your life. And he does have purpose for you. I bless you. I speak words over your life that will cause success. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And everybody say, I receive that blessing. God bless you and have an amazing week.